What's up? So, uh, welcome to The Sound of Design. With Mark. And Dan and... Ryan. Hey! Hi. That's the excitement. (laughs) (laughs) That is it. Uh, Thank you very much for uh, joining us today. We really do uh, appreciate it. We have our special special guest, uh, Ryan Phelps with uh, Sonance, has graciously agreed to uh, make the trip out, hang out with us, and uh, we're very, very, very excited about that. Um, we're going to talk uh, a little bit about uh, some of his background. We'll get into uh, some things uh, regarding uh, Sonance. Obviously, they do a ton, a ton. And so uh, we might lean more towards, uh, you know, theaters. We might get into who some distributed audio. We might talk a little bit about uh, design in general. Um, you guys are huge, huge, I know, into uh, design focus. And uh, that's really uh, just changed my approach quite honestly about the way that I approach a space and how I think about a space and why I think about a space. And, uh, so hopefully we can get into some of that. Good. Yeah, hopefully. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, why don't, uh, to start it off, uh, Ryan, tell me a little bit about yourself and, uh, kind of where you came from and how you got into the audio and uh, video industry and, um, and we'll take it from there. Cool. Um, so, Obviously, uh, I've spent the last six going into seven years with, uh, with Sonance. Um, I got my start, uh, at a Best Buy store, uh, almost 20 years ago, looking for, you know, kind of a beer money job, uh, bar tab, <laughs> bar tab job, uh, while I was going to school and, um, happened upon that particular department when I got started and, uh, yeah, really loved kind of love this stuff that the benefit I had timing wise was, uh, it was shortly inside of a year at less, well less than a year, uh, that I got started. Um, Best Buy had expanded the Magnolia brand into Texas. And so I had the opportunity to dive into, into that, um, you know, from a sales capacity, um, went through, you know, wave training. I remember the first, the first demo real, Part of the demo I ever got was um, on a pair of Vienna acoustic Mozarts with a primary two channel stack. Yeah, man. And it was, uh, it was, <laughs> it was Michael Buble, who I'd never heard of. Sure. At the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I had no, yeah, I listened to music like anybody else, but wasn't nearly as eclectic as I am <laughs> sure. today for sure. Um, but I, I got that demo and I was like, this is the best kind of music right (laughs) just you know like a neo big band right yeah exactly completely um just completely contrary to what i was into at the time and so that really was what struck a chord um i was like this this could be really really fun to do um and so from from there it was a host of different gigs and different levels of exposure and um the opportunity to you know, ultimately travel a little bit around that enterprise, help get, you know, a bunch of different markets open in, in different capacities and, um, you know, grew that into, to what became the, the original, you know, design center concept and, um, store within a store concept. And, um, you know, I, I think it was in a transitional time where I, I got to know a handful of folks that had come from the, the legacy side of, of that company's, um, you know, growth and, um, was also kind of in that, that, you know, really accelerated range, um, you know, really around, uh, 
you know, the, the turn of the last decade. And so, um, very unique timing. Um, I was fortunate to have been as young as I was to have some of the positions I had. I, I think I was at the right place, right time. And you know, obviously yep. showed some, mm-hmm. some passion for it. So yeah. there, I know a lot of guys have that right place, right time. Like you can do all the things right and it doesn't always work out. And so, but then again, there's always a guy that happened to be there and <laughs> I got the shot and, and then there you go. So, uh, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. So, um, we know you rep Sonance, obviously. Um, what uh, what took you from kind of the that uh, the the Best Buy world over into the Sonance world uh, specifically? Because you ha- obviously had a lot of choices. You probably could have gone a bunch of different places. Uh, so, like, <laughs> what, what what what's what what's unique about uh, the the draw to Sonance? You know, I th- I think. Um that that was a newer relationship toward the end of my career um with between the with between Best Buy and Sonance. Um you know really that was it was the last few years. Um that was a newer relationship. But um culturally speaking, uh it was you know, it's a really cool place um to to be. Um I thought I understood it. I really thought I understood the message. I really thought I understood the cultural aspect. I really thought I understood the innovative side when I was outside the house, um, you know, I took a two year ish hiatus, uh, from the industry. Um, quite frankly, I'd, I'd kind of gone a different direction, um, when I left, uh, the Magnolia world in, in 2015 and, um, had a couple years off doing some other stuff and, um, you know, got a call and, you know, Right again, right, right place, right, right time. Um, you know, doing what I was doing, and um, yeah, had a bad day that day, and um, happened to get a phone call that evening, and it was, hey, you know, what do you think about this? We're looking for somebody. Do you know anybody? What are you doing? And uh, <laughs> I said, man, terrible day. Oh, okay. Yeah. If you want to fly out here and talk a little bit? Mm-hmm. Sure. So. Um, that's awesome. You know, it, it was, uh, again, <laughs> right place, right time. And, and, you know, it drug me out of what I thought was my early adulthood AV retirement and yeah. uh, <laughs> kind of brought me back, which I, you know, it's funny, man, now that I've had a chance to see a lot more of the country and get deeper into the industry. And there's so many, there's so many of those stories with so many different people at different companies. I mean, this, this entire industry is riddled with incestuous relationships of somebody that worked here and now they work here and they work here. Yeah, but, and I think it's, I think it's important to know that at the end of the day, everybody's kind of pulling the, pulling the sled in the same direction, more or less. Um, we may find different ways to do it, but you know, we, we, you know, like the aspect of selling, we like the aspect of, you know, the toys we get to play with that we get to make and then, yeah, yeah. you know, see them come to life and, you know, the, the reaction of the folks that, you know, end up being the end users for them. So it's, it's, it's fun, man. I mean, it's kind of hard to get away from <laughs> It's a lot of fun to do. Yeah, for sure. Sure. Well, it's funny you mentioned the incestuous relationship concept because it's like, I'm reminded of Metallica and Ozzy Osbourne a couple of years ago, they did this thing where they swapped bass players and it's like the rock and roll industry is its own world. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. I think most people could probably say, like, 
well, in our world, like this is how it works. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah I think it kind of transcends uh, just what it is that we do. I think most most folks are probably in that bucket. So, yeah, but for sure. Just speaks volumes to how to, to the fact that it's it's fun, like no matter we all have bad days, there's there, there's factors that, you know, can can impact um, how each of us goes through our respective day to day and the roles that we have within the bigger industry. Right. Um, but like we were talking about even earlier, man, at the beginning of the day or at the end of the day, like we're selling toys, man. Yep. Like, it can't be that bad if you get to play with stuff. You get paid to listen to music half the time. That's a great way to make a living. So absolutely. Yeah. 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 And as far as Sonance goes, like I, I've got to go visit. I've been there twice actually. And you know, you talk about culture, like really that's one of my favorite things about your company is that, you know, you and I have become really good friends over the years because of the culture that's, that I think is built from the ground up at your company. So is that kind of one of the reasons that you were drawn that direction? Yeah. Well, like I said earlier, I, I don't think I appreciated it as much, um, like early on, mm-hmm. um, because to, you know, particularly coming from the world that, you know, you guys are in today, right? Like there's a ton of options where you got multiple brands with multiple stories and everybody's kind of got the niche they're trying to fill. And, you know, it's, it's a lot to juggle, right? I mean, it's, mm-hmm. you've, you know, particularly, um, when you're, you're trying to take care of the customers that you've got, sell the myriad of different products you have. I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to gravitate one direction or other. You kind of have to wear all those hats. And so it just, the ball's in the air a lot. And, you know, for us, I think the, the message was always there, right? I mean, I've, I've heard it even in past episodes, you guys talk about, you asked, you asked the question, right? How do you want your sound to look? Which, yep. you know, it was a great, it, it was a great conversation starter to help somebody that's trying to get into it think a little bit deeper about why they're spending the money they're about to spend or why they would even ask you to, to be a part of that. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, so in, in that regard, I, I think I, I got it kind of, um, you know, when I was in the house with you guys, um, but it really wasn't until, you know, I had a little bit of time in, in, you know, on, on this side of the counter to really understand and appreciate how, people first the organization is Mm -hmm. um it's it's again man like just just blessed have been the right right place right time and um you know willing to 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 jump in and um yeah the flip side of that is when you get that it makes it not only incredibly difficult to leave it's very rare that that somebody does (laughs) Mm -hmm. um you know with us um you know we're growing um pretty aggressively. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, but it also makes you want to work even harder, um, because you appreciate it. Right. And I think Mm -hmm. finding the right, the right folks to put on the bus and then finding the right seats for them is, you know, is really what, um, that culture, you know, or what drives that culture. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, again, I'm grateful to be a part of it. And, um, you know, hope to continue to do so for, for a very long time, just because it's, it just really is. It's a, it's a fun place to work with, you know, cool stuff that we get to do. And, um, we do get to meet, you know, different folks, um, 
you know, from all walks of life and, and build relationships. We've got some common ground we can at least start the conversation with. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, you know, led, led us to literally how we're sitting here today. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you mentioned, uh, the, uh, how do you want your sound to look? And, uh, that's probably a good jumping off point because as most folks, uh, approach the audio industry, I think there is a, uh, kind of an inherent, um, uh, we'll just say it this way. There's an unconscious bias, right? Where you're saying, I need the biggest speakers I can get. I need to have wires everywhere. I need to have, you know, big amplifiers and things along those lines. And it's kind of like this carryover from a hi-fi industry going back into the 60s and 70s and 80s, right? And so there's this sort of uh, image in people's minds, I think, where they, just, you know, hear words like AV and technology and things like that. And they just sort of have this, you know, preconceived notion. This is what it is. And uh, when you guys introduced that concept to us, it was like, the watershed moment, like, oh, my goodness, there's a different way that you should probably <laughs> think about what it is that you're doing. Um, and so could you talk us through a little bit about kind of that ethos and where it came from and um, kind of what has led you guys to go down the path you have? Yeah, I think um, you know, if you talk to anybody that's been tenured at the company, um, you know, a lot of our executive team has been there knocking on the door 20 years. Right. Um, and and some of those guys even came out of spaces and worked previously for companies like Lutron, right? Which is heavily focused on it. But even before that, um, before that group from Scott and Jeff up, it, you know, it, it was always uh, around design, right? Part of that was the environment that they chose to open their business in, um, in Southern California. Yep. Um, the timing, right? <laughs> timing is so important. Right? And all um you know, it was, it, it, it was at a time where the hi-fi space at that point was, you know, 15 years old, right? right? Stereo mm -hmm. was about 15 years old. And so, um, finding ways to innovate in there and, and being able to, to deliver, um, what you'd expect to get from, or at least in theory, be able to deliver what you'd expect to get from that, that hi-fi setup, but in more places, right? How do you replicate that and put it in places um, that you traditionally wouldn't, right? How do you stick speakers in places that, you know, they don't belong? And, um, you know, they'll even tell you, I mean, it's not, they weren't the first guys to do that, right? People have been trying to stick speakers in places that didn't belong since the genesis of the technology. Um, but what they figured out was there's a mass market for it. And if we can come up with something that was designed to do that, um, it'd probably be a pretty good idea. And, you know, um, surprise, surprise, right, 40 <laughs> years later, right. We just celebrated our 40th anniversary this year at Cedia and, uh, you know, uh, of the creation of the Sonance one and the, the original speaker. It's, and it's, it's cool to see that we continue to innovate that way. And I think most of the folks, again, tenured folks that you talk to, if you ask bluntly what it, you know, we work for a design company, that happens to make speakers and, um, you know, I, iPad accessories and, um, all the, the myriad of different innovations we've got it, you know, it, it stems from that. And ironically, I think in today's world, um, it's never been more prevalent, right? I mean, the way homes are designed, the way that, um, depending on your geography, there's stylistic elements of both the, the architecture in conjunction with the lighting and the decor, um, they're always changing, right? They're, they're very fluid. Um, you know, I don't live on either coast. 
So we're about 10 years behind uh, (laughs) (laughs) like the newest trend is, but uh, um, even still, you know, it's, it's trying to, to deliver and create a little bit of that magic, you know, for what you get from, from listening um, sometimes in places that aren't the most conducive Um, and the ability to, to manipulate that and to innovate, not just, the stuff like not just the the this speaker with this material i mean there's there's so many different elements of of math and physics that go into it and the way that you read the response from certain materials and how you design and um you know build the the guts of a speaker to um account for all those different variables and um, the measurement tools that are involved in that and then not to mention once you develop something that delivers finding f- new and innovating formats to put that, that in. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, at the end of the day, you're just, you're trying to recreate right and left, but in a lot of places. And I think what we want to deliver, you know, our, our, um, you know, message moving forward is life is better with music. Um, and, and it incorporates everywhere, right? I mean, you, you see it today where people are addicted to media. Um, yeah, it's instant gratification. Fidelity's not at the top of the list for the mass consumer. That's not to say that we don't believe in that. It's just it's the way that people buy today, right? So yep. um you guys know better than anybody. You're you know, you're you're still nose Fight, and toes. Yeah, fighting with people over, right. you know, yep. are you gonna use an over the ear headphone or are you gonna use those AirPods? And not to knock the AirPod, but just to say like that is probably not the uh, definition of hi-fi or the best audio experience out there and it wasn't supposed to be either like in apple's defense to your point the whole world is sort of shifted back into a mono style of listening right and so there's this concept i think of our phones being that listening place and stereo is sort of like maybe that only that first step up right Mm -hmm. and yeah, to a degree. Uh, so, I th- yes, it, it, short yes. Um, ironically, like the the iPod, I would say is probably the most influential invention in the last hundred years. I don't right? disagree with that. Yeah, um, I don't know. Just in terms of how it, like what what led from it. it's not that everybody gravitated to music per se, but you think about how many the, the genesis of the phone right shortly thereafter yep the ability to take whatever single track you wanted to listen to and have instant gratification to listen to that over and over and over again and a little bit of that with cd right it was faster to hit back than it was to rewind the tape yep, yep. um <laughs> You know what I mean? Or, or move the needle yep. um, to, to listen to the same song. And so what you found was people would listen, you know, to an album like a ballad, right? And that's how so much of that was written. And that's where so much of that artistry is. And mm-hmm. you see it in the industry today. I mean, the music industry today is, you know, it's, it's singles, right? It's very rare that uh, you'll see it in the indie world a little bit, right? But any of the mm-hmm. mainstream pop hits or it's how fast can we crank singles? And, um, and, and, you know, it's different, but people like that. Right. And that's, mm-hmm. we're, we're conditioned to it. So whether we agree with it or not is kind of academic at this point. It's yep. well, and, and if you go back and look at the history, right. So you go to the forties into the fifties, singles were a big deal. Sure. Right. And so I think we're just, 
you know, history has a way of repeating itself. Yep. <laughs> it goes in <laughs> waves and cycles. And you see that with, you know, the way people would do, uh, you know, different styles, like from shoes and, you know, dress and all that kind of stuff, hairstyles, all those kinds of things. And we see that, you know, you know, cyclical pattern. But I agree with you going back to the iPad just for or iPod, excuse me, just for a split second, because it was such an inward focus. You know, there's a big part of uh, kind of this reoccurring theme that we kind of always tend to go back to, which is the correct expression of selfishness. Like we're always doing this inward focus. And so we're leading our design conversations around the customer saying, well, what do you want? What's important to you? What are the things that are driving you first and foremost? And then let's work around and let's make the technology achieve those goals. Right. And let's keep you first and foremost in our minds, as opposed to saying, well, the technology does this. So we're going to make you bend to the technology as well. It's like, no, this is the reverse. And that's why I would agree with you with the iPod, excuse me, iPod as being so influential in changing our mindsets and changing our orientation even. So looking up and out to now being down and closed in and like focused on this individual device that is giving me this constant feedback loop that uh, what I want is, you know, kind of the most important. And I know a lot of people would get upset and say, well, maybe that's not the best for society. It's like, well, I could understand that argument, but that is truer to the human nature. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And so in a sense, you're going like, well, but that's I mean, that if it was such a bad idea, then why is everybody kind of doing that kind of thing? So uh, you have to kind of meet people where they are. Right. I think I think it depends on what your goal is. Right. Like, you know, if you're if you're if you feel like your life's mission is to cure the world of bad audio. Right. Then you're going to (laughs) constantly fight exactly that wave. Right. Um, And and look, I, I don't think that's not a noble endeavor. I mean, like I said, from a timing perspective, I'm you know, I'm, I'm kind of just in a unique spot where I'm close to, to 20 years in, right? I remember when I first started, like, uh, you know, selling tube TVs, I had to earn my way in right. selling projection. Flat panel wasn't really a thing. It was there. Uh, it was definitely there, but it was incredibly expensive and it was um, not nearly as universal as it is today. Certainly not commoditized. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, likewise with, with audio systems, I mean, it was, it was Dolby. Right. Yep. It was, it was surround sound was, was extremely prominent. Um, people did listen to stereo, but it was very heavily, you know, movie focused, right. That mm-hmm. was, that was a, that was a, a very big driver, um, you know, just in the industry when, when I started and, um, and so people wanted to, to, to try to put that in every single room. And, um, the irony of that is that like that language still carries over to today, Mm-hmm. Uh, or so, I got to surround sound, surround sound, surround sound, <laughs> yeah. but where we've, where we've matriculated because the, the give and take there going back to the fidelity conversation, right. Is to do that properly. You have to have an immense amount of fidelity to get, to even just get the physical effect, right. You have to build it right. The room has to be right. Um, you know, the, the conditions have to be met in order to achieve that correctly. Right. And so what I think a lot of people are really saying is I kind of want to hear it everywhere. Um, I want to feel like I'm in it mm-hmm. um, and how we within the industry define that for an end user that may not conceptually understand that I think is, is hypercritical is one of the most important things that we can do to help um, folks that are, you know, buying my stuff from you um, to understand that 
you kind of need the right tool for the right job these days, right? And so get mm-hmm. back to what you were talking about, um, paying attention to what's right for you. All of the being able to weigh all the different variables, both of the construction of the home, the layout of the space, the size, the the distance, the proximity. What is it you're trying to achieve? Um, there's there's just so many variables today um, that we didn't deal with either as aptly, um, you know, 20 years ago, or didn't even consider because to your point, we kind of made people mold around the technology and there's, there's choice now, right? Yeah. There's, there's a yep. lot. So yep. we got to evolve. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, the, the biggest thing that, that I learned from you all right at the start was, you know, um, like surround sound versus that distributed audio zone, right? The, the, uh, you know, at the time we had just gotten a demo of your bandpass subwoofer system, you know, mm-hmm. the, and that blew my mind because, you know, for years I'd been going into rooms that are right, we'll put two speakers in here. That That's good. Right. But I didn't ask the client, like, how do you plan on listening to music in here? You know, you're in your kitchen. We spend a lot of, a lot of people here, they entertain a lot. They cook a lot. They spend a lot of time there. They want a better music experience. And I was just throwing two speakers in there and be like, all right, you're good. You can hear it. But then they're never using it because it's either too loud or not loud enough. So by stretching that and putting in two, four or four, six, eight, whatever it is, the size of their space, and then designing it with the the lighting was just like changed my life forever. And honestly, that's why I love distributed audio so much. So, well, if, if that changed your life, uh, uh, I'd love to I'd love to share with you some new innovation that uh, we've been toying with. Oh, um, sure. So we showed this at uh, at Cedia this year. This okay. was a, this was a part of uh, the Cedia demo presentation we did, and I I was fortunate enough um, to get to hear this in our office very recently, and um, got to hear it in a in a live room, not in a trade show environment, in a fully sheetrocked hard lid. Yep. controlled mm-hmm. environment that mimics pretty accurately what a living room to open or to kitchen open concept home design looks. It's a, mm-hmm. uh, a new iteration of um, the studio. So it's, this is something that you've never seen. It's uh, at the office now, but okay. um, it's, it's now an integral part of our design studio. Okay. Um, and uh, it's, it's, we call it the great room and it is, it is every bit of that, right? There's a TV on the wall, fireplace um you know it's outfitted just like you'd see in a, in a normal living room um likewise there's a full full kitchen in there um okay you know, it's it's actually a it's actually a ge um uh experience center as well i was just a ge and those folks are awesome yeah uh this th- so so that great room functions as a ge uh experience center that's awesome um, okay as well as a, a Lutron experience center. So it's completely outfitted with Ketra. There's some tape, there's some, uh, some cans, there's uh, you know, it's fully controlled, but it, it operates a, similar to like what you guys are trying to achieve when you bring that vision of, of premium in both spaces together. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. What we introduced from an audio category was what we started to call immersion. Okay. Okay. Channels. So, the way that it's manifested in that room is we've got for demonstrative purposes, like, you know, distributed audio in the ceiling and a couple different varieties that we can toggle. Um, but we also incorporated small and medium sized invisible 
at floor level, right? So you have huh. proper ceiling coverage. Okay. All right. And then in conjunction with that, you've got um, immersion channels effectively completely hidden into the wall using, uh, you know, using new IS. Um, and when you listen to music and, and what's crazy is again, you know, I've, I've only been doing this for 20 years and guys have been doing this for men, you know, 40, 50, <laughs> right. yeah, decades and decades. Right. Um, it's rare, especially now to find yourself in a situation where you get blown away by, I didn't even know that existed. I can't believe this was it. I, the last time that happened for me outside of new invisible, which was a pretty darn good massive step forward. I mean, it's, um, and it, it, it's, it's just such a game changer cause it's the best of both worlds. But prior to that, I would have said the category of landscape audio, right? This idea mm-hmm. that you could put a ton of these little satellites with a couple subs and get that type of like just magic to happen in a space that just disappears no matter where you go. It's perfectly balanced and, and just, it just envelops you in, you know, this, this, the cocoon of the ambiance of whatever it is you're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, this is big. It's, 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 you know, transparently it's something that we're kicking around. I don't know that there's an immense amount of, um, math tied to it just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's kind of exploratory, but okay. it's pretty big. Yeah. Um, dude, I listened to Metallica. Um, as an example, sure. Um, just, just listen to Metallica and played it through a very robust, well-covered ceiling system. And when you engage the, these low immersion channels, there's something about the, 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 the gap between them where you've got it both coming up and down mm-hmm. that you literally hear instrumentation that you do not get. Otherwise, otherwise, and it doesn't matter. Like, I mean, from a fidelity perspective, I mean, even that the ceiling system was very robust, very, very robust. Mm-hmm. Um, it's incredible. Yeah, it, and it makes perfect sense. I mean, we've had how many previous guests talk about spatial audio? Yep. I mean, it wasn't a theme of the podcast. I swear. Nope. <laughs> Actually, nope. like full disclosure, this was not a plant. Uh, it's one of those things that's crazy, but everybody seems to be going that direction where it's like, I'm no longer satisfied with that mono. So what do you do? You go to stereo. Okay. If I'm not satisfied with stereo, where do we go surround? Then you go Dolby Atmos. And so honestly, it makes perfect sense that we're going, you know, to that complete and total spatial audio experience where I'm going to get sound from up, down, left, right. And when you think about it, that's how we live. We got two ears and you hear everything. That's what sound is, right? Changes in air pressure. It's stuck in that, you know, in that real space. And so it makes perfect sense. If you're going to accurately produce the sound, you need to bring sound from all those different areas. And so, like, it's absolutely phenomenal for you to share that concept with us because that makes perfect perfect sense with where everybody's going yeah I, I hope you guys get a chance to to get out there and hear it at some point in the very near future because it's it's game changing i mean it truly is like it's it was like a goosebump moment for me i was like oh man there is something here and and what and what's interesting is 
you know, spatial is a completely different animal. I mean, the amount of processing that goes into that and the, the AI nature of the, the production track, depending on what it is you're trying to achieve is that's, that's like crazy next level. What we were listening to was just stereo. Stereo mix. It was just multi-channel stereo crisscross so that you could hear it everywhere. And we changed planes and added a dimension. And, and, you know, I think what makes it, what I think what makes it cool is at the end of the day, you know, kind of going back to the Sony Genesis story, right? Like it was, the idea here is if you're trying to recreate that high fidelity experience, right? You're trying to, you're trying to get an emotional connection to whatever it is you're listening to, or you're trying to set a mood or you're just trying to bop your head and sing along, whatever your motivation is, right? Mm -hmm. What you're trying to recreate is that hi-fi, like two channel setup. Mm-hmm. And the reality is when you don't have, as you guys know, the right environment, that's correct. When you don't have <laughs> right proper <laughs> amplification or you don't mix it correctly, or you don't treat the space, which to be fair is, is a lot to ask for somebody to put in their home, especially in a common living space. Mm-hmm. You're inevitably going to find yourself underwhelmed because you can't recreate all of it. It's not just range. Like it's not just, well, if I can hit this DB level at this frequency, and yep. this frequency, mm-hmm. well, then it's going to be awesome. Cause talking about kitchens, right. Yep. You know, said everybody around here. And I assume what you meant when you said everybody around here was planet earth. Cause like, that's how yeah. everybody <laughs> operates in a kitchen right? nobody stands <laughs> in the kitchen or lays down on the kitchen Island and looks at the ceiling and, you know, seeks that, that deep stereo image. It's, it's more, um, how can I reproduce what I know that if I had the time to sit and listen and do that I could achieve, but I don't because society's crazy fast. Right. Yep. And so if I can try to recreate that in a way that's not inundating to the space, doesn't take away and compete with the design of what, you know, I put together, but could still deliver that and, and make me, you know, get that, warm and fuzzy musical hug, right? That I'm looking for. Yep. Um, <laughs> the like warm and fuzzy. Yeah, yes. That's what yep. we're trying to, that's what we're trying to achieve. And so, um, I, I, you know, kind of put a button on the, on the Sonance piece too, man, like from a cultural piece, like that's, that's the, the types of things that the folks that are driving, you know, this stuff forward for, at least for us, like that's where those heads are at is it's, we want to continue to find ways to recreate that for somebody in places where you just, it's just not physically possible or historically hasn't been possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think I want to take two seconds and just call out a couple of uh, baseball card stats regarding uh, the brand, because if you're not familiar with Sonance, you guys have um, in-wall speakers, in-ceiling speakers, in-wall subwoofers, in-ceiling subwoofers, uh, you touched briefly on landscape audio, so this would be speakers for the outside. Um, you've got the invisible line of speakers that are true invisibles, and I want to ask you more specifically about those in just a second. Second, um, But, I mean, all of these different options, right, just to kind of lay it out there, means that you are able to get sound in a place that you couldn't have it before. So I'm understanding wh- where you're going with that. 
but it means that I do have to do a little bit of work to get there. Right. And so I do have to have that initial conversation to figure out, okay, well, like, what's your lifestyle? Like, are you going to be cooking in the kitchen? And that's where the kids are going to be and all that kind of stuff. And is that an open concept or is it totally separate? And I think those early conversations need to happen with a designer so that way you can put that stuff together and make sure that you're picking the right parts and pieces to achieve that that overall goal. Am I tracking? Yeah, a hundred percent. I think. I think the mistake that gets made more often than not from folks coming from our perspective that either have some tenure in the industry or, you know, fell in love with, with what it is that we do. And just, you know, we, we love this stuff and we're, we're geeked out by it and we want, you know, it's, it's consuming for us cause it's, it's a job, but it's also a hobby that that's not uncommon in, in the industry, right? Yeah. Everyone's passionate. I don't care. <laughs> if you're going to make it long. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter what your paycheck says, where it came from, right? I mean, guys that have been doing this for a long time, love the stuff. And I think it makes it a little tougher to remember well, you started this, this, uh, this conversation with was we got to understand how, you know, what is, what is the end user trying to achieve? And I, and I think the mistake gets made is we try to say, give me one f- factoid in detail about the music you listen to or the, the frequency you're in this room, you know, on, on this certain day. And then I'm going to try to, to build that out. What you really need to understand is how they live the day. Right. How do you spend your, what time do you get up every morning? Right. When you leave, you know, the bedroom, or you leave the bathroom, whatever, and you go to the kitchen, you know, what's the path you take? You, you walk the same path every day, right? You lived in this house for a little while. You, you got a rhythm. Walk me through that. Right. Walk me through, you know, what does Christmas morning look like? What does Thanksgiving look like? What does the 4th of July look like? Right. How many people are here, you know, in the backyard while you're, you know, cooking out or whatever, like, to truly understand somebody's lifestyle is the only way that you can build the system properly for them and, 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 and allocate the right stuff um, and make it make sense. Because inevitably, if we take the lessons that we've learned from coverage, indoor, outdoor, talk about ceiling coverage, then you start layering in things like, Hey, by the way, if we do immersion channels, like doesn't have to be processed anymore complexly. The functionality is going to be just as easy but check out what this is going to do for you too, because you're mm-hmm. trying to recreate that. And I know that because you do have a listening room somewhere else. You know, if that's, if that's their proclivity, there's, it doesn't make sense to try to shoehorn that into the kitchen or a bathroom or, you know, even, a, even an open concept living room, right. Um, where the limitations of the structure are going to, are going to hamper us. And so if I can understand that, you know, this is what you're trying to achieve and you want to feel, you say it again, that, little, that warm hug, the music, the music <laughs> hug, right? You want to, you want to be enveloped in, in that, uh, just, just bubble of, of, you know, ambiance that you're trying to create. Like we can do that. Um, you can have that to the degree that you want. It is completely up to you and what you want to spend for it. Um, but I think it, it has to start with, the focus on their life and, and the the product is simply a vehicle to have conversation with. You can plug and play whatever you want to plug and play down the line. You can justify, 
this brand, that brand, this size, that size, this budget, that all of that stuff is, is relative it's material. It's mm-hmm. relative, but at the end of the day, none of it matters and none of it will be overwhelming if we don't understand first, what does the flow of life look like? And we, you know, to, again, to your point, find a way to make that adapt around it. And that's what makes the catalog and, you know, between not just the stuff that we have in this, but even the other brands that we, you know, that make up the, the Sonance portfolio, like that's what makes it special is that we've got so many options to put stuff in places. It doesn't belong to attempt to recreate that for you, regardless of the limitations that you have. Right. We Mm -hmm. feel like we're going to get closer than anybody else out there with the myriad of different things we've got just because we're, we're thinking that way. Yep. That makes Mm -hmm. sense. Does, does, um, we want to, I know you want, you brought up invisible earlier, like, um, just so everyone's aware when it, we say invisible, it's not actually invisible. Like it's not a tangible item, but once it's installed, it's designed to disappear into the space. And I'll tell you this, I got to hear, you know, four or five years ago, the old invisible and, you know, compared to the new stuff, the new stuff, um, it, is amazing. Uh, I would agree with, with you said earlier. Like it, 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 it's almost like a uh, not a cultural shift, but just a shift. And again, the way that you think. Like <clears throat> the first time that I got to talk with you about it, we were talking about like, okay, we're putting it in a space, right? And maybe you know, looking at this wall here, we can't in a traditional stereo setup, we can't aesthetically line up the exact left and exact right together. Now with these invisible speakers, we get them put in. I don't have to worry about the exact placement of it because with DSP and other things, I can make these speakers sound good, even if they're not exactly, you know, there's not a triangle created to create that perfect space. Yeah, it's it does, what you're describing is just it's it goes back to those levels of variable, right? Yeah. What, mm-hmm. what is it that somebody wants? So I think you know if we were gonna if we were going to try to design the perfect system for somebody's space, right? I think inevitably what it's going to look like at its most pure form is, you know, I understand that this is a two story house that's open to above and, you know, there's a landing up there in this living room and it's, you know, glass on one side. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to install you know, a cloud ceiling of acoustic treatment to bring the audible floor down to 12 feet, right? Something more controllable. And then we're going to, you know, use window treatments and wall treatments in order to create. Yeah. Minimize reflection. We're going to, you know, try to eliminate any, you know, um, standing wave that might happen. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, base traps in that way we've got constant flow. We've created even pressure. Um, and we've turned your house right. into a recording studio. That's it, right? Like that's, that's the apex. Um, and then we're going to, you know, further, you know, connection install product yep. that's going to deliver on that experience. Mm-hmm. Right. How's that sound? And then, you know, it's highly yeah. realistic. Right. So what's the first thing to get cut? Well, you can't make my room look like that. Okay. Um, <laughs> that becomes a variable that we have to solve for. Right. Yeah. And yep. so as we layer on both, you know, speaker technology limitations. I mean, I, a, a classic example of that is, you know, you mentioned, you talked about asymmetrical or we're, we're 
kind of hinting around that asymmetrical yeah, uh, yeah. flexibility for something like invisible, right? Part of that fundamentally is that the driver's flat, physically mm-hmm. flat, right? Versus a conic right. um, driver, whether it's a, a concave or convex, um, the laws of physics will force us to have an axis because of the shape. It's inevitable. Sure. Um, and you see that not just in code and dome speakers, you see it in, um, you know, curved electrostatic, right? Which, you know, it's phenomenal and it's designed to eliminate all those variables and focus that sound regardless of the environment. I mean, that's the whole, that's the whole genesis, move, yep. right? That, that's the whole move to the curved panel, right? Um, which is brilliant, like brilliant um, for that, for that listening environment, right? Um, and so when you're trying to hyper focus into one spot, you know, that's, that is the, um, that's the apex, right? Is, is whether it's cone or dome, it's determining the angle, it's lining it up, it's honing it in. And then we use, um, you know, amplification or, or preamplification, right. To adjust frequencies, to account for, you know, as many of those variables as we can get, mm-hmm. but that's historically been the, like the industry limitation. Um, we introduce a, a flat driver. Um, it has legitimate audible DB at 170 degrees, mm-hmm. right in the, in the face of the speaker, which is astronomically higher, right. Than anything that's conic, right. J- based on f- just, just the physics, straight 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 physics, straight. physics, right. You can market it to, to the nth degree, um, a cone or dome, but at the end of the day for actual audible DB without distortion, most of those speakers are you know, in the, the low one hundreds in terms of dispersion, mm-hmm. um, there's ways that you can diffuse to, to get it. We have, you know, we, we also showed, you know, this year at CD, as you guys know, it's coming out, we've got new visual experience. It's replacing visual performance. Yep. Um, and in that product, there's uh, a, a pretty intricate waveguide that's again, designed to try to create that expansion and, and look, it does a significantly better job. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's incredible product. Um, but it's never going to be it's not flat. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how yep. right. it does, it doesn't matter because again, we're limited, to, uh, you know, limited by the, the laws of physics. And so that in itself is, is special about that product. Not the least of which, you know, once it's done, um, and fully installed and, and, you know, mudded and painted and it's got a, you know, just a hair of resistance on top of that diaphragm that kind of tightens it up. I mean, the, the frequency response that you get off of those is it, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. It's truly incredible. Um, and what we're starting to see is, um, you know, more and more of that becoming more prominent in terms of customers asking, right. And, and, and yep. users Absolutely. seeking that solution yep. because you get, the best of both worlds, right? I don't have to compromise my design, but I can also get pretty solid output and pretty high fidelity from something that looks like nothing. Yep. And that's, yep. you know, this is, this old, you know, I said it three years ago, right? When we brought them around and I told you guys, I said, get ready. Cause like this will become, you know, a, a, a massive force in the industry. And like, you're starting to see it now with uh, mm-hmm. you know, some other folks that are starting to bring more of that to market now. Yeah. Yep. And I was going to say, that's the other thing that I've found so amazing is we have folks that will come in asking specifically for invisible, which is kind of mind blowing that it's gotten to that point because I don't think I've ever seen someone walk into a store and say, Hey, I want a, uh, you know, X ex- expensive 
speaker. Like that just doesn't happen. You always have to sort of talk someone. They'll walk in and say, I want the biggest TV you can get, or I want a projector system, or I want Mm -hmm. And the audio from a customer's perspective has always been secondary or not thought of or not part of that initial draw. And so, you know, from a, you know, from that perspective to say that's totally flip flopped, the customer comes in and says, yeah, I've already got a TV. Like, I don't care. It's done. It's like three or four years old. That's cool. But I would love to drop seven, ten, fifteen thousand dollars on invisible speakers to get them installed and done the right way. And you look at them and say, like, you know, we're going to have to, you know, patch and paint and, you know, you need to get a good drywaller. And like and there's in a sense, like all of these what used to be roadblocks are now people saying, go, oh, no, like whatever. It's cool, man. Like, I've got a drywall guy. I've got a paint guy. You're we're working with the contractor now in most cases to plan for those follow up visits and to do those things where it's taken time. There's no way like you can't do it at the beginning. I get that mm-hmm. a lot. It probably took a ton of inertia to get that ball rolling. <laughs> like I can't even imagine the amount of work that you guys have had to put in in order to get to that place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's uh, a saying. I'll <laughs> the look on your face was, uh, yeah, maybe let's not go too deep into that part of it. Uh, but what, how, <laughs> all right, I'm going to quote, uh, bitch and rides. Uh, he says, uh, all the time it's one of my favorite shows. And I'm sorry if you got, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. It's really awesome. This guy makes ca- crazy cool custom cars. And, uh, his, his saying is that if it was cool, then everyone would do it. But if everyone did it, it wouldn't be cool. cool anymore. Yeah. Right. You're right. And so it's like this moment where you go, well, yeah, only the select few who want to do it right and really do it right, you know, are going to be able to to pull that off. And then for you guys to then take that concept and be able to open that up to even more, more folks is just unbelievably awesome. Unbelievably awesome. It uh, it was a lot of heavy lifting. I I can't stress that. But, but, you know, the irony is you talk about the relationships that people have with like a contractor and all that, all that has always been there. Right. The, the, the irony is, is it's, having the the confidence and the stuff to perform at the level so that when you make the claim, this is going to be awesome, you don't feel like you're left holding the bag. And I mean, I, you know, I would tell you just from an industry perspective, the concept's always been super cool, right? And it's not new. They started to, this technology began its, its innovation and, and, and attempt in 1969. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and came to fruition and really went to mass market um, early two thousands, um, you know, and, and was even then cool. Um, we sold a decent amount of the previous generation. Right. Right. Um, but it was always niche and it required specialty amplification and it required, um, you know, there were limitations that required, you know, the, the end user to know, like, this can't be for a theater. Like it will not make it. Right. Like, <laughs> there's all, you know, you talk about roadblocks there. It's all, it's both ways. Right. right. Um, so I think that's been flushed out. It's been flushed out pretty well in your space. Right. Um, the larger mm-hmm. industry, um, you know, just, just in the, in the CI spaces, um, has really gravitated toward it. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked about, discrete opening earlier, you know what I mean? Like small, tiny speakers and a bandpass sub to augment, right. To, to supplement Mm -hmm. where necessary. And the reality is, is that was even more, a little bit more complex. You needed extra amplification channels. You had to cover, you're dealing with conic speakers. You had to cover, you had to do more of them. Now you can achieve 
range comparable in some cases better. Um, you can do it depending on the size of the space, potentially with less holes doesn't negate the need for coverage. You still, you that's there's, there's a physical element to that. Um, sure. But you guys mm-hmm. really want to get down that path. We could do in a minute. <laughs> um, talk about dining rooms specifically. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're, what's the appropriate number, even though people are seated I can get into that for you if you want it. But, um, well, like, so I'll tell you a quick story. Yeah. I walked a house and a very lovely lady, uh, talks to me about doing, uh, some sound and she doesn't want to do anything elaborate. Uh, it's not a big budget project. So we'll just disclaimer it. She's looking at Sonos throughout the space. Right. And we did a couple of different things and we did end up using some invisible speakers for her, but in the dining room, uh, she had fixated on this idea of a play one in one corner and then talked herself out. of. I didn't say anything. I didn't even mention the dining room. She says, but that's going to be really weird if I only have one over here. So I'm going to need a second one on the other side. So that way one person isn't being blasted with all of the sound. It's like and so it's, it's this intuitive idea, no matter what scale you're talking about. Like, I think people understand you need coverage to be evenly distributed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's it's a too far of a concept for most folks. <laughs> I'm going to pull that, thread, pull that thread for you a little further, right? Same concept when you're seated, right? Same concept in the kitchen. If I have four people sitting at a rectangular table, right? Four-sided object. I can't aptly cover with both left and right with just two. It's, it's again, going physically to impossible, it's physically yep. impossible. Right. So can I still get sound in there? Yes. Inevitably somebody around that table will be seated under one of them. Right. Which means they're blasted. Well, they're, they're blasted or not. They're going to be dominated by one half of that experience. Right. So mm-hmm. they're either going to get the left side or they're going to get the right side. And then there will also be people who are comfortably in the middle that have great experience mm-hmm. because they're getting both. Um, but they're, it, it's, it's not as consistent as it could or should be. Right. You take that example into, to a kitchen, heart of the house, everybody spends time there. Every kitchen, um, in, in at least current Western culture, right. Is, is built around the triangle, right? The, the kitchen triangle. So, um, as you move between the big three appliances or, or the two big, you know, the, the, the refrigerator, the oven or range and the sink, and the sink yep. right. As you move around that space, you can't physically encompass a three-sided object with two points, right? You need a minimum of four to ensure that as somebody moves throughout that space, you get, the end result of, of that, um, you know, comprehensive and balanced coverage. So it's not overwhelming anywhere. Mm-hmm. And then you extrapolate that into, you know, longer space or a breakfast area or what have you. Um, not to mention the transitional space between the kitchen and the living room, if they share the same ceiling. And I mean, now all of a sudden it's not unfathomable to put six, eight, 10, right. In, in just that space in the transition space. And, um, Going back to, you know, having somebody walk you through a day, right? If you can say, cool, so at no point during your day-to-day, right, even your morning routine, at no point were you ever static, right? Because you went from this task to this task to this task or from this task to this event to whatever, um, you constantly move through. Wouldn't you want that to follow you around and be the same, 
right? If I sit over here to drink my morning coffee, but my sound is over here, like, do you want it to be that dissonant? Do you want the exact same experience, right? And, um, you know, that's that's kind of, I mean, that's that's the secret sauce to the whole thing is is understanding how somebody moves through it. And it helps connect the dots for them, like I said, too, because um, I don't think the concept's foreign, but I think it's not common yet. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And consumers, right? Just like we get out of this space when we go buy anything, we tend to buy what we've seen other people buy, mm -hmm. right? Or what we think is the right thing if we're not super educated, depending on what the category is. And that's where, you know, it's it's incumbent upon us to to do the best job we can do trying to paint that picture for them. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not always easy to demonstrate. It's, it's hard, right. When the, the spaces that we use traditionally, just they're not set up for that. Um, ironically, um, and in a lot of places, man, I mean, that's not unique to any, any one. It's, it's something that as an industry, we, we have to be better at. And, um, so finding ways to, to accomplish that is important you guys finding new ways, us finding new ways to help describe it to somebody, or at least be able to make those connections is, uh, is super important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right. Well, and I think part of that, uh, that conversation of work with your designer, work with your integrator, have those conversations, let them walk you through that space. We've said it probably a, a million times and, you know, we will sound like a broken record, which is that that relationship and getting to know who that person is, and really getting their vision into what that space is, but doing so in a way that they didn't necessarily know was possible. And I'll share a car buying experience because I bought a Volkswagen diesel. I know this sounds crazy, but the sales guy that I talked to at the time was like, listen, man, these are the things that are actually important to you. You don't realize that these are the things that are important to you. But he went that next step. It was just one. It wasn't like he had to go that far. I told him what I was looking for. And he goes, no, 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 no. You don't understand. As soon as you do this, that will happen. And now your new need is this. And when that happens, you're going to want that solution right there. And I go, oh, yeah, no, I'm tracking now. I get it. And honestly, I'm the biggest fan of that car. I've had three of them. I won't do anything else because it solves all the things that I actually had and it's one of those things I have to admit, like I wasn't the smartest guy in the room. I like to be the smartest guy in the room. I'm not, I'm not always right. And most of the time I'm not. So I have to admit like, oh, no, this other dude had the right solution for me. And to be to for him to have the courage to say something, mm -hmm. to just be like, hey, I, I realize it's not exactly what you think you asked for, but it really is the thing that you asked for. And I really want to do the right thing by you. And that might be a little bit different than what you had in mind. But in the end, you're going to go, oh, that was awesome to your point, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I got that warm blanket. I got that, you know, amazing, amazing sound. I got that experience that was that was so truly unique. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, when I bought my truck, that it was kind of like, hey, I want a truck. Uh, you know, I travel a lot, so I want leather seats. I want these things. But and, you know, it was a New Year's Eve type thing. So they're like, OK, well, we'll just sell you a truck. But like hearing this, I'm like, you know, once I got in the truck and I had it for a few months, it's like, you know, I'm glad I got the leather seats. But really, I, I didn't need them. Like they could have told me like, oh, hey, this is what I'd recommend, because now I've worn out some of that leather getting in and out of my truck so much. Whereas 
the cloth that was actually in there was really nice and probably would have served. It would have been just fine. So, um, yeah, I mean, that, that now I need to sell my truck and go buy it somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, just to kind of wrap up invisibles, like, you know, the, the original set, you brought it up. I'm glad you did. Like you, if we as sales folks tried to sell them outside of stereo, like try to do some sort of surround option, you guys would say we're denying your like we'll cancel the old stuff. The old stuff. The old stuff. The old stuff. Now you have a dedicated theater. At, well, you did when I was there. Yeah, well, it, not dedicated theater, but a. No, it could an, be. It could be a surround. It, 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 it's right. just got to be small, right? So again, sure, sure, sure. It's I a mean, variable conversation, right? And so, so if it's a you know, a smaller surround type space or, you know, I, I have actually done it in some smaller open concepts too, but you know, that, that uh, really kind of changed the game. And, you know, three years ago when you told me about it and I sold my first pair, you know, the client went through a couple of different folks that were helping us finish them out. Uh, now I just finished that project that I started well over two years ago that had, you know, 20 something invisibles and the drywaller came in and said, oh, yeah, we're doing these all the time. So now he's my new point of contact anytime that I need to finish them out. So I, I've built a relationship with a new contractor just over your your product, which is unbelievable. Yeah. You know, you know, in three <laughs> in, in three years, you know, and there's it, it just. That's not something that at least I've experienced a lot in our industry in the 15 years I've been in it. So yeah. uh, the, the button I would put on this from a product perspective, right? Mm -hmm. We've kind of hit the gambit and, and I didn't coin this. I heard this years ago and I, I wish I could remember who said it to give them the credit, but there is no such thing as a perfect speaker. Sure. Mm -hmm. If there was, you would sell one. Yep. Right. Every single one of them is going to require some sort of compromise, whether it's a size issue, whether it's a cost issue, whether it's, again, the, the limitations of physics, right? Like I can go find the biggest, baddest, you know, most esoteric tower that's ever been made and put two of those in a room and they will be, you know, they'll deliver a religious experience in the sweet spot but it won't help me if I'm walking around my kitchen. You know what I mean? Like, right. And so that's, that's where, you know, our jobs in the industry really come into play to understand how each of these pieces fit and what the most appropriate choice for each of the different unique needs are um, to truly deliver a custom experience. I mean, at its root, that is the, the definition. definition of it, right? Yeah. For sure. For sure. Um, well, anyway, you want to uh, tell us a little bit kind of like what what you like to do, Ryan? I know we've been talking a lot for the past <laughs> hour uh, about, you know, we've got pretty deep in some things, but we didn't really talk about like you and what you like to do. Man, I, uh, I, I, I spend the vast majority of my time when I am not actively engaged in working, um, which is a lot of time. Oh, huh? <laughs> yeah. It's most of it. Um, now, nah, man, I, you know, I got a, I got a couple kids that uh, are, are incredibly active in, mm -hmm. um, you know, everything that they do. So, um, I spend a, a, a pretty solid amount of my weekends, um, you know, at different sporting fields or courts, 
um, indoor, outdoor, um, <laughs> sometimes pools, um, depending on the season, um, you know, running around, um, you know, trying to uh, try to get them to where they, where they need to be. Sure. Um, and fortunately, um, you know, I'm, I'm well supported when I'm not home um, uh, with uh, with a wife that gets uh, gets a lot of that handled, too. So mm-hmm. um, I do get to have a lot of fun um, playing with toys and listening to music and getting paid to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, you know, it's not possible without, uh, you know, without that that support um, as well. But uh, but now, man, I mean, I. There's not a lot of places I'd rather be, uh, you know, on a on a weekend than you know at a baseball park somewhere, or mm-hmm. um, you know, at a swim meet, or you know, at a watching cheer, or uh, yeah, football game or basketball game, whatever you know, whatever they're into. Um, so I don't do a lot of dedicated listening anymore. Sure, um, mm-hmm. that's probably that, shifted. That, that, that made it, but you know, it's interesting, man. Cause I think like even the stuff that we do, it's like, it's seasonal, right? Like, this is the season of life right. that, that I'm currently mm-hmm. in. It doesn't mean that I wouldn't go back. I still have, yeah, you know, from, from having done this and sold so many different brands over the years. I mean, I've, I've picked up a okay collection of stuff and pared it down to the stuff that I can continue to have some, some room for, yep. um, you know, but, but for this season, um, Actually, there's not, there's not a lot of time for that. Right. And so, um, all the more reason that I think, uh, you're talking about immersion that it hit me so hard. I was like, oh man, I could get back to yep. like, really <laughs> this thing. Like I can, I, I can put this in places, um, cause I'm never going to sit and listen to an album again. Um, you know, that it's, it's probably been seven years since I had the time to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, but it, but it is fun. Like I, I do, I do enjoy that. It's, it's exhausting, but, uh, it's really fun to watch. Um, those clowns turn into little, like, you know, little, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully contributing members of society. Oh, they, they will. <laughs> they will be. Listen, I got four. I'm tracking, man. Yeah. We're, we, we hit a soccer field uh, on Saturday uh, mornings and like we're, we're running all over town and there's dance and there's all the things and I'm with you a thousand percent. It's like, you don't realize that's where a lot of your heart's going to be. And then your heart just becomes bigger, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I I fully look at uh, you know the Grinch. We're in holiday time. We just watched it the other day. So yeah. I'm, I'm if it sounds like I just saw that uh, heart size get bigger, that's exactly yeah. the what what happened right there. So yeah. Well, my dogs and horses, you know, I'm not quite there yet for kids, but I still I still understand. You'll what you're get saying, there. You know, yeah, you'll get there. <laughs> that's good. Um, now I will say this: like you, you know, you talked about working. I have called this man. Multiple vacations. I feel like every time I've called you recently, you've been out of town or something. He picks up the phone and it's just like we're sitting next to each other. He has a quick conversation, says, Hey, I'm out of town. I'm like, Hey, let me let you go. He's like, No, man, we're going to get you taken care of right away. And like personally, that that's what's that's huge for me because, you know, there's not a lot of other folks, no disparaging of any of our other friends uh, that I can't, you know, that I don't call and they pick up immediately. And that's, you know, that's a, just something I wanted to bring up. Like it's a, more than appreciated. So, and I, hopefully you see that and no, what you get out of that. A thousand percent, man. You guys, great, great support for that. Um, I'll reiterate what I tell you every single time that that happens. You say that like I take a, I do not take a lot. No, 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 no. It's <laughs> just, it's just, uh, you've taught me so much. I don't need to call you every other day. That's, <laughs> that's all it is. That's all it is. It really is. No, awesome. I, um, <laughs> No, but you know, I'll, I'll reiterate the same thing, man. Like I, I wouldn't have picked up 
if I wasn't prepared for sure. whatever was coming, right? Like, yep. you know, if I picked it up, you know, I've got it. And if not, you know, we're usually good about getting back. But yep. I had people that supported me, um, you know, a, a handful, right, over the over the years in, in that way. And, um, you know, I don't think you're being a good steward, whether it's, you know, whether it's the the audio portion of this, whether it's, a, you know, the, the sales aspect of what we do. I mean, there, you know, there's a little bit of both. And mm-hmm. um, but I, I think to, to be a good steward of either of those um, responsibilities. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it, I think you, you got to pay that forward. You know what I mean? And so, um, again, I, I was fortunate and I had support there. And um, so the, the ability to be able to give that, you know, to, to, to somebody else and know that, um, it's going to, to the right place for somebody that's going, yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's not even a thought, you know, it's, yeah. it's just, it's reflex, man. It's, it's there. So. Well, uh, I'll second that because uh, I also have had my own fair share of conversations with Ryan uh, that have gone way longer than they probably should have. So yep. uh, in all seriousness, uh, it speaks not just to the character of you as an individual, which is obviously of the highest, but also what Sonance means as a company. And I can't tell you enough that we see that. And when we go to make a recommendation, we go to put a design together, it's like, yeah, you know, we shouldn't be influenced by those things. But at the same time, we need to be influenced by the right things. Mm-hmm. And that's what you guys are doing, which is why we can sell or design or put together or recommend or whatever word you want to use with confidence. Right. Yep. That thousand percent, because you look at it and go, yeah, if there's an issue, we know that we're OK. And so I don't have to think about it. And the customer doesn't have to think about it. Client doesn't have to worry about it. I don't know how many times I heard lifetime warranty come out of a Sonance representative's <laughs> mouth, like on so many products, including, you know, uh, and I won't, I, I'm not going to make any warranty claims. Don't worry. But yeah. just to say like, you know, I, I, I get it. Like that's such an amazing ability uh, for you guys to, to make those, uh, those statements. It means, yeah, we, we actually believe in what, what it is that we're doing. And it's so awesome uh, because there's uh in the technology world, that's not always the case, you know, so yep. it's uh, it's definitely appreciated. All right. We've asked everybody about demos. So I have to ask you. Love it. Do you <laughs> have. I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> this, is the, this is the one. The right. demo question. So what are your demos and uh, what do you like to use um, when uh, showing off a system? I was finally going to get to the point where we learned that we were having an audio podcast with yeah. <laughs> least, uh traditional old school uh audio dude i'm gonna tell you i i gotta share the perspective with you um i could rattle off dozens or hundreds of tracks that i've gravitated to the one the the track that made me the most successful i probably owe a half a million dollars worth of royalty to Buble was feeling good. There you go. That, yep. it, that was a game. Ch- I, man, I, I put more speakers <laughs> in more places with that track than anything else. And, and I couldn't tell you the last time that I demoed it, but like that particular one. Um, but categorically speaking, I tend to play whatever 
not not specifically what it is that a customer wants to listen to. Depending on the system, there's a handful of different control tracks just to kind of help yep. somebody understand, like, if you did all right, like, this is what it's capable of. But the harsh reality is, as everything we've discussed industry-wise today, the vast majority of people don't subscribe to high resolution streaming that, you know, they're, they're streaming free stuff. They're using their prime account, their YouTube, yep. they're trying mm -hmm. to find ways again to take what it is they're trying to do and put it in technology. And I think it's equally as important when you go down that path, regardless of the environment, regardless of the product, you got to be able to show it the way that it's going to show up for them or it's disingenuous. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if, if I play a bunch of tracks that nobody's ever heard of that sound really good on my stuff and I, I then deliver that experience in their house and they turn around and are listening to, you know, a streaming FM radio station to get the vast majority of their content. <laughs> yep. The first thing I'm going to get is a phone call going, why isn't this loud enough? Right. And then we get into a voltage conversation or, you know, source, or whatever it is. System, and, yeah. right? yep. It's, it's, I, I think if I've evolved in my time and tenure in the, in the industry, um, it's not that I don't continue to have um, that bone in my body per se. Right. Um, listen to, you know, Keith don't go right on a, on sure. a nice, you know, nice two channel setup. Sure. Right. I mean, I'm this, I'm reaching for some, you know, some, some tracks that were old when I heard them the first time years and years and years ago. Um, listen, man, Manham steamroller. Like you go, <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of Toto. Um, uh, dude, Axka. There you go. Kind of a, uh, a, a, a staple for some of the stuff we do. Um, but again, I, yeah, I think it's, I, I try to listen to things that I like to listen to. Um, I, I fall into the majority, um, that the 95, not the 5% of people that really stop actively listening to new music after I turn 30. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like I still hold on hard to the stuff that I, that I grew up on. Um, and I always want to know what that sounds like on any system. Mm -hmm. you know, I'm like, Oh, this, you know, this crazy track's cool. And like, maybe I'll Shazam it and figure out who it is so I can listen to it later, but I probably won't with any frequency. Um, but what I really, really want to know is um, like, how's bone thugs going to sound on this? Right. Like, or, you know, whatever, right? Um, and, and, you know, I, I think from a, from a, a Sonian's perspective too, like, I think it's very real, right. Um, you know, the last, um, large event, uh, summit that you guys had a chance to participate in, um, you know, professionals and company, that was, we used, we used one of those tracks. Right? Yep. Absolutely. Um, you did. But it's real, right? right? It's mm -hmm. tangible. It's there's, you know, whether or not there's, if you, if you haven't sat in a basement and taken LSD and listened to dark side of the moon, like in the most formidable years of your youth, like no matter how many times you listen to, to that, or, you know, even a track that's as, as moving as like, wish you were here. That was another one. I mean, I, I played a ton. Right. And, uh, if you didn't live that, like, there's it's difficult to find that emotional attachment right so a thousand percent you got you gotta you kind of gotta meet the level of of the audience to to get the right track and, and make it make sense not to mention um you know, people are gonna it, that it's all gonna change right they're mm -hmm. they're tasting and change new stuff's gonna come out so you may love the way this track sounds but if you can't 
again, find that balance, that compromise for what, what it, I'm going to give up something, whether it's, you know, because of budget or size or space or allocate, whatever. And my music taste might evolve a little bit. Um, you got four kids, man. There was a period of time where, you know, you're, you're probably still in it to a degree, um, where you listen to some Disney, man. I mean, there would, you know, Oh dude, the amount of let it go that I have heard in my life. <laughs> dude, I'm telling you, man, like that, you know, that, that, uh, that particular period of life was um, very repetitive um, over and over and over again. And so, and listen, no, Alan Menken music is absolutely phenomenal. Like I got no like, issues. Disclaimer. Like, yep. But that being said, I mean, you know, thank God that Disney had uh, and has had for many years, excellent production quality. Cause if it was an annoying song uh, that was recorded poorly, I think I would have lost it, man. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So thank goodness it sounded good. Yeah. For 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 sure. Um that's a huge plus. Um that does make it more tolerable. Yeah. Um yep. you can only let it go for so long. Yeah. Right? Well done. Well done, sir. Well done. Well yep. done. I mean, do you want to build a snowman or do you talk about Bruno? I think that's the newer one, right? We, we don't. Uh, no. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, you know, that's again, that's, yeah. a, that is a seasonality yeah. thing. That's <laughs> a, yep. another one. So, yeah. yeah, well, go ahead. No, that, that was it. I was just going to, I mean, he was pulling more Disney. Yeah, oh, that's very yeah, good. good. I could go, good. I could go all day. <laughs> I was going to comment on, uh, the demo concept that you're talking about because, um, I had a client come in and he wanted to listen to a set of uh, bookshelf speakers and, uh, we met at one store, we went to another and, you know, long, you know, lots of conversation, probably spent, you know, three, four hours, tons and tons and tons of time. And, uh, you know, every single thing that we listened to came off his phone, Bluetooth. Right. And, mm -hmm. and as an audio guy, you know, Bluetooth is compressed and it's this and it's that. And like it said, it's a necessary evil. It's a convenience. Right. And mm -hmm. so you sort of look at that again, going back to your compromise, it's like, well, we got to deal with what we got to deal with and that's okay. Um, but at the end of the day, that was every single track that we listened to was like that. Cause he goes, this is how I'm going to listen to it at home. So I want to make sure that what I'm hearing is actually there and believe it or not, but the better speakers won right in the, his own mind. Like these are the things that everything. And I agreed with him. I was like, actually, no, that's, that's what everything sounds better on. And that's, mm -hmm. what's going to sound better in your space and in your room and in your setup. And so uh, a thousand percent, it is. Of course, like you always have to go with what's actually going to be done. It's mm -hmm. it's anything subjective. Yep. And trying to argue with somebody over which one sounds better is like trying to win the argument over whose favorite color is the best. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's it's a it's it's a losing battle on both sides just because it's it's to each their own. Yeah. Um, I've I've done <laughs> I did a custom um, DSP setup for somebody who didn't even uh, they. Truthfully, they bought competitive product, um, but their living room was akin to one of those, you know, disasters sure. that we mm -hmm. described earlier, right? Two stories open to above, slate floor, glass on one side, open to the kitchen, open to a foyer, um, you know, arguably worst acoustic environment on planet Earth, if possible. Like if you were to draw what room's going to suck for sound, this That's it. would have mm -hmm. been it, right? And, uh, you know, invested in a system that heard in a store with selected content, puts it in his house. It doesn't sound right. And so I get a call. Um, hey, 
sorry. Wish I'd have sold more of your stuff. I didn't, but I need you to bail me out. It's cool. Leave the speakers. If the guy likes speakers. Leave them. Obviously, there was something there. She's one of our amps, and um, I'll come out and we'll we'll tweak it a little bit. And so we start playing with the EQ a little. Um, got it dialed. Um, and I would tell you candidly, when I finished, um, took about 10, 15 minutes. Wasn't anything crazy. Just made some very basic adjustments. And um, by the time it was done, the the homeowner was like, oh, this is exactly how it sounded in the store. It's the best thing ever. <laughs> and and I, I would tell you personally, uh, I don't know that I have ever ruined the way a room sounded in my personal opinion any harder than that because it was inaudible as far as i'm concerned um un, I, I was uncomfortable mm. listening to it um because of the 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 amount of highs and lows and how we how you did it adjusted mm-hmm. to get it to that point um as soon as he said, he was like, this is what it was supposed to sound like. This is what I paid for. This is it. This is awesome. Closed my laptop and said, great. Packed it up and. Yeah, we're moving on to the next one. Because, you know, I can't, I was like, you know, can we pause this? Because it's hurting me. And, yeah, it was a great lesson in the moment. Um, you know, how the subjectivity is, is so relevant. Um, well, it. I wouldn't go back. (laughs) (laughs) I'll say it this way, too. Like, if you take a historical perspective, if you look at the way a cathedral is designed, right, there's a ton of echo. And so I know that there's this concept and we've we've said it kind of unintentionally, you know, put an acoustic treatment, make it quiet, make it all these things, control all those reflections and, you know, try and, you know, make everything good for this one sweet spot. But if you look historically, it's been the reverse. I want more echo. I want more reverb. I want more of these Mm -hmm. things. And if that's what a client thinks is a better sound, then guess what you need to do, right? You need to design with that in mind. I put in a stereo system that uh, was in a giant library. Beautiful. Absolutely fantastic. But the echo was unbelievable. And the question was, well, is that what it should sound like? I said, yeah, but that's what it sounds like in the room. That is what the room sounds like. There's no way to put in a different room. We need to make it sound as good as we can in this space. And when you think about it, that client is going to get a private concert in his library from every single artist that he listens to. Right. He's not going to get someone else's experience. He's not going to get a recording studio experience. He's not going to get this. He's going to get his experience. And that's the most amazing part about it is to say it's like, no, I get what it is that is unique. And again, going back to that word custom, I get that custom experience. I get that unique experience that no one else is going to have. And that it was just absolutely incredible the way that that system turned out, even though on paper, you know, your brain goes, but that's not how it should be. It's like, but why is that like that? Why is that rule there? Well, that, that doesn't make any sense anymore. Like we need to get that old way of thinking out of our brains, I think. So. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, I yeah. guess. Or just listen. <laughs> yeah. Right? Take everything you've learned and listen to what they say and Yeah. Put it together. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Well, uh, with that, I would like to say uh thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you very much, Ryan, for uh hanging out with us. Really do appreciate it. Uh please like, comment, and subscribe. Uh ring the bell, check us out on YouTube, uh share with your friends. Uh, if you guys have questions, obviously feel free to reach out to us at uh, thesounddesign.com, and uh, we will see you guys on the next episode.